Hey, how's it going? This is the Zach Peters Podcast. I am Zach. Thank you so, so much for watching or for listening. I hope this podcast encourages you, inspires you, helps you grow closer to God, and I hope that you connect with it or with me on some level or some way. Very quickly, if you don't mind, subscribe to this podcast on whatever uh, platform that you're listening to it on. Review, rate uh, for me as well. That helps out a whole lot. And if you want to, you can share on social media. Uh, You can just at me, and I would love to see that. Uh, On Instagram, it's zpeter00. On Twitter, it is zpedros. Zpedros. So just let me know that you are sharing. I would love to see that with our younger selves that we can't really have about things that we wish we would have known or lived by or taken seriously whenever we were younger. Obviously, this is just like an exercise in imagination. We can't go back in time, but we can help our students. We can help our teenagers. We can help our, our teammates, and we can even help our coworkers and, and to, to understand these things and to even impact our own lives. Sometimes we just need to remember what's important for our lives today So we've talked about putting God first and prioritizing God. We've talked about respecting others, listening to others, especially in the context of students and children. We're respecting teachers and their parents and coaches. And in our own lives as adults, respecting other authority figures that maybe we have a hard time respecting. We might get a lot of things wrong in our lives, but if we put God first and respect and listen to others, God can do something with that. It's simple to prioritize God. It's simple to know that we need to obey and to listen, but when we do it, God can take the simplicity and do great things. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be an incredibly experienced Christian to do great things. You don't have to be a worship leader. You don't have to be a Sunday school teacher or lead a small group to change your community, to change your your friend group, to change a job situation, or to even change your entire family, but you have to let God work through you to do that. You can make a difference. Even if you don't think you have the talent or the ability or the influence, you have powerful potential inside of you and around you right now in this moment. Growing up, I heard people talk about this and say this all the time, but I didn't do anything with this information. I didn't let it become a part of who I was and how I lived. It's like being given a gift and never using it. Can you just imagine at Christmas time? You're sitting underneath, uh, around the tree, and there's a bunch of gifts under there, and you look at the gifts, and instead of opening them up and using them and enjoying them and experiencing them, you just leave them under the tree. That's what it's like to take wisdom and not use it. That's what it's like to know that you can have a potential, to know that God can use you, but then not do anything about it. I've done it, and you've done it. There's this guy in the Bible named Timothy. Timothy was young. But the Apostle Paul saw in Timothy something special, someone that could make a difference. And it didn't happen overnight, but Timothy learned from watching and following more mature believers sort of go through their lives so that he could learn how to impact people around him. Sort of like if you walk onto the football field as a freshman in high school and the coach tells you to watch the seniors play and watch how they do that so that you can learn. Maybe you have to watch someone at work who's been doing the job a lot longer than you have so that you can learn. Timothy watched and he listened. Paul was very practical with him. But eventually, time passed and Paul was not next to Timothy anymore. Timothy was on his own. And that's sort of where we pick up our scripture. It's 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. I'll read it. 
Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. What this scripture is, is a blending of life and a blending of, of, of belief. So a blending of how you do things, why you do things, how you react to things, and a blending of doctrine, the stuff that's in, on the inside of you that you tell yourself that matters. And what you believe should eventually impact how you live. And the more I think about this, the more I realize that actually living out your beliefs is one of the more important things that you can learn to do in your life. This is especially true if you're a Christian. If you want to make a difference in the people around you for the kingdom of God, if you actually want to do what you're called to do, then you have to set an example for them to see. Of course, we hope it's a good example, but sometimes we miss the mark. I miss the mark um, uh, all the time, but you have to try. And this scripture is just an encouragement to think about the fact that your life needs to set an example. What you believe about God, what you believe about what he's done for you and what he can do for other people needs to play out in how you act around other people. I want to simply break down the scripture a little bit by little bit, and we'll start at the top. Let no one despise you. Let no one despise you. We are our own worst enemies sometimes, and then other times we count people out before they even have a chance to prove us wrong. For, for example, the newest generation is always the worst generation. So right now, a lot of people are counting out the younger staff members at their jobs. They're, they're counting out the college students. They're counting out the teenagers below them and the children because they have a brand new way of doing things. And yes, some of those things are negative and they need to change. But in reality, every generation has those things. And when we think about it, they're not so different than our generation or the generation above us. Whether you are old or young, we have to learn to do things to help us set the example to cut through the fact that other people are viewing us a certain way depending on things. Number one, the first thing you have to do to help this process is don't let people's negativity keep you from God's purpose in your life. People will not believe in you, no matter what your age is, but especially if you are young, especially if you've made mistakes before or you're associated with people that have made mistakes before. They will doubt you. They will not see your potential. But if you are called by God, and I can go ahead and tell you if you are saved, if you're a human, you are called by God, then that is the only confidence that you need is his calling, his word. You don't need the approval of others. You have God's approval and calling. Sure, other people believing in you feels good, but knowing in your heart the Holy Spirit can move inside of you and through you is a much better piece of knowledge to ground your potential on. Secondly, don't prove the doubters right. Every person has issues. Every generation collectively has good things and bad things that people associate with them. Don't let the negative habits and attitudes that other people accuse you of become true for your own life. Don't live to the standards of other people, but live to the standard of what you believe about God. What I mean by this is simply, if one of the negative characteristics of Generation Z is that they are obsessed with social media and screens, then the people, the Christians who are in Generation Z need to decide not to live that way. Change the pattern. If people view you as unreliable, then you better do everything you say you will do, and you better show up on time everywhere you go. Don't give others an excuse to believe the negative about you. You are more than just a bunch of negative characteristics. You are more. 
And when you start changing the narrative of your life and the narrative of your family and the narrative of your church, your business, then you can start to set the example for others. If the older people around you are missing the point of Jesus, then you can set the example. If your family is struggling spiritually, you can set the example. If your class is going crazy and causing trouble, you can set the example. If your church is struggling, you can do the same. That can only happen, though, when you decide to be who God made you to be and not be who others say that you are or not live up to the negative expectations of others. When God is in you, then your life and how you do life should change if you will let it. When you become an example, you are showing people how to live like Christ. That's what the example is all about. You're saying, I serve this God, and he is great, and he is awesome. Let me show you with my life. There are all kinds of ways that you can set the example. You can show people how to live, set the example with how you talk. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. God, the the things that I am saying, the things that are coming out of my mouth, the things that I am thinking, would you be pleased with those things? It's that simple. That's the question we have to ask ourselves as we're interacting with life. God, Am I pleasing you with how I'm speaking? How you speak matters. Are you repeating terrible jokes? Are you cursing uncontrollably? Are you being perverted? Are you having a bad attitude and smarting off? Are you being mean to others? Are you calling others negative names? Are you just a negative person? Your words towards others matters. And what you say and how you say it are several ways that tell me What is in your heart? You say that you love God, but your words towards others are full of hate and negativity. I don't think those things match up. Paul looks at Timothy and says, set the example in your speech. How you talk will impact how others see you. Are you having a good impact or bad impact? Set the example in your conduct, how you behave, how you carry yourself wherever you go. What if you say that you love Jesus but get into fights and arguments all the time. Say your child invites someone to go to church, which is awesome, but then the person they invite then sees your child in suspension uh, at school. What if someone knows that you go to church, that you claim to follow Jesus, and yet they hear you listening to music that is negative, degrading, and full of sinful symbolism? What will that do for them? Maybe nothing, but maybe it will do just enough to create extra doubt and confusion for them when it comes to Christianity and Jesus. What good is your claim to walk with God if you act like every other troublemaker that exists out there? Every troublemaker that doesn't even claim to know God. If you can't be distinguished from the person next to you who isn't saved, then maybe you need to start readdressing the example that you're setting. Someone might be having a bad day. They don't know Jesus, but they know that you go to church. And they're just looking for a sign that maybe Jesus is the answer that I need. He's the help that I need in this moment. But then they walk around the corner and they see you uh, vaping with your friends. This is more for children. And your conduct says, I believe in Jesus, but Jesus does not change me. I go to church, but the God that uh, I serve and that we serve does not help me be free from addiction. I love Jesus, but Jesus doesn't care that my lungs are being destroyed. For my students, I want them to think about this because it's something that they deal with every day at school. Unfortunately, vaping is a major issue in schools right now. Watch what your kids are doing. But for adults, the contents of this example might change, but the idea remains the same. Why would that person want the Jesus that you claim to follow if you are no different 
if you're not any more free than they are, if you're no more joyful than they are, if you're no more steadfast or secure than they are. What's the point for them if you aren't different? Your conduct won't get you to heaven. Only grace can do that. But what I am afraid is that your conduct and how others see you might keep them from the grace that's helping you get to heaven. Does that make sense? I don't want your behavior to hinder what God is doing in someone else's life. It should help. Your example and how you behave matters. Are you acting like Jesus has changed your life or not? You can set the example in love. Are you loving people? The greatest commandment or instruction is to love your Lord God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And the second is this, and they're connected. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you love God, if you claim to know Jesus, then you must love others the right way. Love serves others. Love obeys and respects and listens to your elders and other authority figures in your life. Love stands up for people that can't stand up for themselves. Love asks, what can I do for you? What can I do for them? And not what can they or what can you do for me? Love says no to others, even when it hurts, even when it's inconvenient. Love says, I'm going to try my best to help support you and make you the best person that you can be, but I will not enable you to do sinful things or destructive things. That's not what love is. Love does not say yes to everything. Love says no just as much as it says yes. The right kind of love is so much more powerful than the weak love that we are presented with so often in society today. Love is not just a gift. It's not just a date. It's not just a poem or a song or candy or a vacation. It's not sex. It's not a hug. It's not holding hands. It's, it's, it, it's partly that, but it's not that at all, really. Real love is more, more powerful, more substantial than that. And if you show real love in your life to others, people who have only experienced the fake stuff will want to know where you got the real thing because the real thing trumps the fake stuff. And you can tell them, if you want real love, I know a guy that can help you. His name is Jesus. Don't settle for the fluff, love. Settle for the real thing. And set an example of the real thing. Set an example in faith. This one's pretty simple. Even though you might have your doubts, you might have your bad days. When others say there is no way, you can say, I know the way. When, when others are struggling, even when you're struggling, your faith, your powerful belief that Jesus can help and step in and do something will brighten the day of the struggling person next to you. Have faith that helps people keep going. And set the example in purity. Your lives need to be separated from sin in the world. Stop listening to music that Jesus wouldn't listen to. I don't want to be old school or holiness, but if it curses, if it talks about drugs, violence, talks about sexual relationships, talks about sexual exploitation, if it's degrading or tears down others, then that's not the type of music that you need in your life. And what you put in will eventually come out. So don't be surprised if you're struggling with your relationship with God, if you're consuming trash. Stop looking at things you shouldn't look at on your phone. Throw the phone away, get a flip phone, give it to your parents, give it to a spouse, I don't care. Find freedom from the trash. Stop doing things that you shouldn't do with others in every context, platonic relationships and romantic relationships. If you have a romantic relationship with someone, awesome. And if you're married, really awesome. But if you're not married, you better keep that thing holy. You better leave room for God in that relationship. Set an example of Christ and what Christ can do by the way that you live your life. You can show people what God can do. You can show your friends and your family what God can do, and they will see the change, and they will want to know what happened. Jesus is full of grace and power that can set you free, that can change your life. The question is, will you let him? Will you actually let Jesus 
help you become the example. Without Jesus, I would be nothing. I would be broken. I would be shamed. I would be sinful. But Jesus showed up and gave me grace and gave me an opportunity to set an example. And what I am encouraging all of you to do is to be who God made you to be. Let no one despise you for your youth. Beset for believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. I watched someone's life um, pretty closely growing up, and I know this person loved Jesus a lot, and, and they really, really loved Jesus. They, they did. But they also made habits of making very, very poor choices uh, during a portion of their life. And the problem came when he would talk about Jesus to some of his friends because they saw one side of him, and the church saw another side. And it's not that his love for God was fake, but there was a disconnect between what he believed and what he did. And his friends saw that. They experienced that. And so there was no example setting in, in this person's life. Some tough things started happening in his life, and it forced him to start putting God first, to start really taking notice of what's actually important in his life. And so he started leaving behind certain things. He started leaving behind certain behaviors and drawing closer and closer and closer to Jesus. And it was a very difficult process, but at the end of the process, Jesus had restored his example, and he was more bold about Jesus. And then his life modeled his boldness, and it actually started planting seeds in people's lives to start changing um, situations, start changing other people's lives. Don't wait for life to throw you a massive problem before you decide to live like you believe Jesus did something for you. It doesn't have to be as dramatic um, as something crazy happening to you, but you can be an example right now. But you have to make the choice to live a life that Jesus would be proud of. And you're not doing this by yourself. You're not on your own. He, he will enable you with grace and with mercy and with the power of the Holy Spirit. But if you don't try, then Jesus is not going to make you do anything. So set an example. Let what you believe truly impact how you behave. And I promise you that other people will notice and even though you never preach a sermon, you might plant seeds of the gospel, seeds of love and grace in people's lives that you will see the benefit of one day, maybe not until you get to heaven. So please set the example. Thank you so much for listening, for watching. I do appreciate it. God bless you guys and see you next time.